A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Seriously, the New Statesman podcast that takes pop culture seriously. I'm Caroline Crampton. And I'm Anna Leskovich. This week... It's a Hamilton special! We have both finally seen the musical based on the life of Alexander Hamilton, and we'll be discussing our experiences of it. Hiya! Hello! <laughs> I'm really excited, this is our Hamilton special! Whoop, whoop. I know! So, just a bit of background for new listeners who've joined in the last 18 months or so. When Hamilton first became a big sensation on Broadway, in about 2016, I want to say, we had quite a few American listeners write to us and say, I absolutely love Hamilton, when are you going to talk about it? And we kind of had to say, dunno, because whilst we can listen to the cast recording and read about it, it doesn't really seem fair for us to review a play that we haven't actually really seen. But... Hamilton finally opened in London at the end of last year and Anna and I have now both seen it. So approximately two years after you all asked us to, <laughs> these are our <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> yeah, it feels so funny to even bother having thoughts about Hamilton at this point, but I guess we have them. I think we'll probably discuss the play in quite a lot of detail. So if you're a ticket holder and you're going to see it maybe, and you don't want to be spoiled and you haven't listened to the soundtrack to death, then you know maybe avoid for spoiler purposes mm. but it does feel weird to say like spoilers for the life of a man who died <laughs> literally <laughs> hundreds of years ago <laughs> yeah that is true that is true also you know you could read the massive ron chernow biography if you wanted something i haven't actually done although maybe one day in the distant future when i have lots of free time i will do that because it is apparently an incredible read Yeah, I just don't think I'm going to do that, Caroline. I really don't. <laughs> I don't know why. Basically, when I first heard the premise of Hamilton, you know, hip hop musical about one of the founding fathers, I was like, this sounds like a terrible, terrible idea. And it's something that I'll never be interested in. But then there's only so many like amazing people you respect can say to you, oh, this is amazing before you're, you're like, okay, well, I should obviously give it a go. So I did give it a go and absolutely loved it. Reading the biography is just a step too far into <laughs> just political nerdery for me. And I'm, as many people know, one of the least historically and politically engaged people there is. So um, <laughs> not for me. I like to think I will one day. I probably won't, but I like to, you know, believe that about myself. <laughs> it's good to have goals. <laughs> it's good to have goals. <laughs> I saw someone I follow on Twitter saying that she'd just finished listening to the audiobook and it had taken 32 hours. <laughs> wow. That's a lot of hours yeah. of time of your life. We both listened to the soundtrack a lot before we saw it because 
I mean, we never even we were never sure if we were ever going to be able to see it, really. Mm, yeah. So we just dived straight into the soundtrack, and I mean, is the right word like an operetta or something where where it's like a musical that is almost entirely done through the singing? There's maybe like six words of non-sung. I um, think dialogue. so. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the exact because there are sort of boundaries between opera, like light opera and then musical and it is to do with how much is sung versus spoken so yeah I think this falls somewhere in between like musical and opera really because there are a very few little spoken asides between songs but almost all of it is like sung or rapped it's basically whatever lame is it's it's that yeah right so we already knew the story we were pretty much all spoiled for it but was there anything that did surprise you in seeing the play in person versus listening to the cast recording? A few important things that I was very surprised by. First, that I liked Aaron Burr a lot more when I could see him. That's interesting. Um, Because I think, I don't know, probably wrongly, in listening to the soundtrack a lot, I sort of decided that you're either a Hamilton fan or a Burr fan, that you cannot see both sides of that argument. This is an incorrect opinion. I think you can, but mm, I, I think this you can. Is what I previously thought. Yeah. And based on, whilst I think the vocal performances in the original Broadway cast recording are both amazing, I just like sided with Hamilton some for some reason in my mind and didn't really see, like, I would often skip songs like Dear Theodosia and stuff as I'm mm. not really interested in your inner life, Burr, go away. But seeing it on stage and definitely the way that Burr is sort of the linchpin of the whole thing, you know, he's the narrator all the way through, made me come to appreciate that actually you can see both sides of it and it's not a binary situation by any means. And then I think the other really important thing that I hadn't expected was how upset I could get. (laughs) Even having... How much I could cry. (laughs) Exactly. Like, as you say, like, you could get spoiled for this by, like, reading Wikipedia. You know, it's not hard to find out what happens at the end and also you know I'd listen to all the music but I definitely noticed in my sort of maybe the last year or so of listening to the soundtrack that I definitely listened to the first half of it more Mm. because the second half has more reprises rather than original songs and it starts weaving all of the musical elements you know together to form like new songs for new scenarios and as the sort of plot kind of spirals and it's just sort of less satisfying to listen to when you're like walking somewhere Mm. it's more complex and interesting from a musical and plot point of view but it's not quite basically all the bangers are quite early on yeah it's definitely front loaded Um, with bangers so I think I'd sort of neglected the second half a bit in my listening and so therefore when I saw the play a I really appreciated how great that music is but b I found the way a lot of it is staged really, really moving. So like, for instance, after his son has the duel and dies, that I found devastating when the the reprise of the song that his mother used to teach him piano comes back. That I just sobbed. I Mm. found that really upsetting, Mm. which never would have thought that just based on listening. It's funny because I think I've actually had like the opposite experiences Mm. to you on both those points. In the, I mean, we should say before we go into the Aaron Burr stuff too much, we saw two different Aaron Burrs, I think. Yeah. So I saw Giles Torreira, who is the build Burr, the, the actor who is supposedly playing Burr for the entire run. But 
the understudy has of course done a few performances that both you saw I think and some other people that I work with and I left the theatre quite disappointed in the, the version of Bertha I'd seen because Giles Torreira has a much more kind of bitter performance I would say mm. like his Burr is deliberately much less charismatic than Hamilton so he's shorter and he's just a little bit more awkward a lot of his rapping isn't like totally smoothly on beat which is I'm sure an absolute deliberate decision to kind of give you this guy who's kind of like less smooth and a little bit kind of unsuited to the environment of kind of politics where you have to be Mm. super charismatic which is an interesting interpretation and it's much more in that kind of like Mozart what's the other guy called from Salieri yeah I never remember that but it's yeah a much more Mozart Salieri dynamic which I don't like as much as those two charismatic people with like different perspectives on life portrayal which is what you get in the soundtrack Mm. so so vividly and I've just listened to the soundtrack so many times that I've just come to love that Leslie Odom Jr performance and to see one that was so different and much less smooth and beautiful I was like oh I don't know if I like this characterization and also I've seen it a lot more times I've seen oh I'm overlooked and I'm Mm. I'm not charismatic and I'm going to be bitter about it and I'm therefore going to become a villain. I've seen that narrative so many times that I kind of liked that the original cast recording didn't go down that route. Yeah, whereas, so I saw Sufiso Mazubuko in the role and I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Mm. Um, One of the highlights of the whole thing. And it has the complete opposite effect that way round because he has a vocal performance that is a lot closer to Leslie Odom Jr. He's got a really beautiful, like smooth R&B voice Mm. as well as being really on it with the rapping. So that was fantastic. But then also he's physically quite a large guy. Like Mm. he's, he's quite sort of muscular and built and he actually dwarfs Hamilton in that regard. And especially, especially in the latter stages when they're, but when they're not wearing military uniform anymore and his costume, he's wearing a really beautiful like bottle green, like velvety suit with a tailcoat and stuff. And you do really get that sense of his smart and his feeling of injustice that like, hey, I'm a handsome, clever guy. Why am I not getting all these opportunities? Like particularly in the song, The Room Where It Happens, oh, when, so which, is, which is all about him being like left outside. You can you could feel it like coming off him where he's like, why aren't I inside? Like, I'm awesome. I'm amazing. I'm better than this like weedy Hamilton guy. And yet he's in there and I'm not. So yeah, his performance maybe suited my conceptions about the show better. I'd love to see it actually. I'd really love to see the other Aaron Burr and just compare and contrast because for me, actually the Aaron Burr performance was the biggest thing that attracted for me from Mm. seeing it live because I left kind of thinking like, I actually kind of preferred the Spotify soundtrack, which is definitely (laughs) not something you're meant to think when you leave um, that play. But yeah, and it's interesting you talk about the the, the front half being really front loaded with with bangers because I really felt that in the in the soundtrack when I was listening to it, and I also felt that when, when I went to see the performance in the there's a line which I'm not even sure if it's in the soundtrack because it's a spoken line where someone says, "Can we get back to politics, please?" After yeah. Hamilton's spoiler alert, after Hamilton's son has died. And it gets a laugh because actually you're really desperate for some more of those fun political kind of rap Mm. battles and stuff to start again because it is exhausting to because it's so emotional. And I felt really the first few times I listened to the soundtrack, I wasn't that interested in the rap battles. But when I saw them 
being performed which are which are second half mm. songs for those who don't know when i saw those being performed I, I they were so much more dynamic because you could see there's lots of different parts in those rap battles and it's it's much clearer to see those things happening because you can see exactly who's speaking when any kind of euphemism is acted out a little bit as well so you it really hits home a lot more so yeah I agree with you in that I much more enjoyed the rap battles in the second half, but the emotional bits, I actually felt quite desperate for them to return to some of the fun bits. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that actually. It is really heavy stuff a lot of the time. Mm. But yeah, I know what you mean about the rap battles. They they are higher stakes, particularly the bit that really struck me is, I think it's in, I can't remember if it's in the first or second one, but when Jefferson is saying you know, why should Virginia pay for New York's debts? Um, mm. we, you know, we're chilling in the shade. We've got it all made. And Hamilton's like, yeah, that's because you don't pay for labor. He's essentially mm. like to his face being like, it's because you're a slaver mm. and that's immoral. I consider that to be immoral. And on the soundtrack, you're like, ah, clever wordplay, allusion to slavery. Uh-huh. When you see it live, you're like, oh shit. He just like called him a slaver to his face in mm. front of all his colleagues. And they all go like, ooh, in a really, you know, and it just, yeah, it feels higher stakes and it feels more real, I guess. Yeah. The other thing I think is just that the comedy elements really come through Mm. in a more fun way. I've always joked that one of my favorite lines in the whole of the Hamilton soundtrack, and you only get it quite subtly in the soundtrack, which is why I think I thought I was maybe being a bit clever by being like, oh, it's so funny, the delivery of this line is when he says, I was chosen for the Constitutional Convention. And seeing him perform that with a little smug dance, it's obviously so much more obvious that it's a silly joke and it's funny. And, you know, the King George performances are so funny. King George was fantastic. He really, I don't know what it was like on the night you saw it, but the night I saw it, I think he got like the biggest cheer. Oh, totally. Of anyone. Absolutely. Because absolutely hilarious. Michael Gibson plays king george and he does it absolutely amazingly and really milks all his like pauses and his stance and he's literally dressed up in the most ridiculous adorned outfit you know like wobbling Mm. um and he looks amazing so yeah all of those kind of comedy elements i think really come forward when you see it it's like thomas jefferson as well like such a silly performance he's really funny i think so according to lady i talked to at the interval who was who's from Chicago and had seen it there and was now basically on a holiday to London so that she could see it again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She was saying that in the Chicago version she'd seen, King George didn't get nearly as much like applause or laughter and she was theorizing that maybe british people find it even funnier because it's like our king and we're on the bad side and he's evil but hilarious and i did think there was a sense of that that it was like ah look this is our involvement in this isn't he awful (laughs) and yeah there were a couple of other things that really surprised me one thing that i had managed to miss before we before we move on to the what we actually think of the show one thing i'd managed to miss in my listening to the soundtrack was (laughs) john lawrence my favorite character Mm-hmm. dies at the end of act one which makes a lot of sense yeah. when you realize that he does not He's come not back in it. <laughs> and of course the guy who who plays john lawrence then plays philip hamilton's son in the second half so it makes total sense that he would die but for some reason i hadn't put two and two together and hadn't realized even though he says at the beginning in the first song they go we died for him like yeah. it's spelled <laughs> out so clearly but somehow i hadn't put two and two together so i love john lawrence i don't know why 
I'm sure we'll go on to talk about our favorite characters, but I love him so much. And when I realized that he died, I was like, <gasps> like a little like shot to the heart. And that's one of the few spoken bits that isn't in the soundtrack when they read out a letter. From I him. did the exact same thing. I didn't realize he died either, but yeah, subsequently realized it made a lot of sense. Not least <laughs> because it gives that motivation for Hamilton to like get back stuck in doesn't it like he yeah. hears that Lawrence has died and then he's like no I cannot spend more time with my family I have to sort the country out it needs me you yeah, know there exactly. is I, I must finish his work I must carry on doing this because he believed in it so it's an important like thread of the motivations mm. when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yes, so let's move on to just appreciating it as a play. What did you think of the design and production, for instance? Beautiful. Really loved it. It's quite a it's a tricky space, I think. So it's in the it's in what's I can't even remember what the theatre's called in Victoria. The Victoria Palace Theatre, I think. The yeah. Victoria Palace Theatre, which is not the roomiest or best view sort of not every seat gets an amazing view in the in the Victoria mm. Theatre, but it the play is staged on lots of different levels. You get you know, in battle, for example, there'll be people running up on sort of a, a raised kind of balcony area and things like that. So you, you're you always going to see most of it. It doesn't really matter where you're sat. So I think they've dealt well with the kind of constraints of the theatre there. And it's like, <laughs> on a practical level, there's like no room for your legs in that theatre. They've really like crammed yeah. as many <laughs> seats as possible, which is good because it means more people can see Hamilton. But yeah, there's sort of a strange element of the staging in that there's these dancers in sort of flesh colored tones in kind of like a nod to period clothing in that they've got maybe some frills here and there but they're mostly basically just like lycra body suits and they're kind of gyrating around all the time and at points I found that a little bit distracting from the main cast it wasn't always there yeah, I know what you mean. I did think that as well. It's like you can definitely see some like bum stuff. Like yeah. the, the the jodhpurs are quite tight. <laughs> yeah. Um. But but sometimes I was like, how is this necessary for the action at hand? But there were some there are some songs that are staged amazingly. I think um, satisfied 
is a is an amazing it's one it's a fan favorite that song anyway mm. um it's angelica's kind of like main song and she's a character that loads of people really like um and it's you know really emotional and really beautiful and she gets some really sassy rapping so it's great all round but the staging is done where it's sort of time is being turned back and so the stage yeah. rotates and people start moving backwards and you're kind of flitting between the first meeting of Hamilton, Angelica and Eliza at a ball and Alexander and Eliza's wedding day. So the two settings are, con- are kind of being switched between and they do that really, really beautifully. It looks amazing. When she says rewind and the stage just starts moving yeah, backwards, it's amazing. That was, that was so brilliant because you do get that sense when you're listening to the soundtrack. You do know that that's what's happening, but they portray it in such detail. Like every time... I hadn't realized that every time Eliza and Alexander's voices were going to come in, we were going to like see them redoing the exact same bit, but from Eliza's perspective, because she's kind of set it up in her narration. You know, she's showing you, well, this is what the conversation looked like when you saw it the first time. And now I'm explaining to you actually how it was, Mm. Um, which is really, really clever. And I don't think that's something I've ever seen a musical do before is like basically repeat the same number, but from a different person's perspective and like unpick it as you go. Mm. And I think it's one of the most intimate moments in the whole soundtrack is is the exchange between Angelica and Alexander, Mm. where she says, you know, like, you know, he says, you'll never be satisfied. And she says, I don't know what you mean. You forget yourself. And it's like, very sexually charged and very emotionally charged and just really, really like a close, intimate moment. It's one of the few kind of really small conversations you get like that that illustrates something much bigger. And that's really hard to do on stage because Mm. in a film, it would be so obviously a close-up moment. Yeah. Um, But instead, they kind of use this elegant choreography where lots of people are moving in this very you know, staged, choreographed way, which is often how things feel, you know, like the classic cliche of like, they were dancing in the in the Pride and Prejudice film and everyone else disappeared. But yeah. those, that's a, it is a great way when you can't zoom in and give, give a really close, intimate look at people's expressions and stuff. It's a really nice way to capture that same feeling is by using that, that wider choreography and making it really kind of like revolve around these two people. And I think they did that really well. Mm. That was my highlight in staging. The other moment when that really comes to the fore is at the very end. And so, yeah, heavy spoilers if you're going to see the play and you don't want to know exactly what it looks like. But the moment during the duel between Hamilton and Burr, Mm. when they are being rotated around the stage and Hamilton is making this decision about should he actually fire his gun at Burr or should he... in the lyric throw away his shot like shoot it in the the air to show that the debt of honor is cancelled and that he doesn't actually mean him any harm Mm. and all the different things that he's considering are like appearing in the circle between them Mm. so like he sees Eliza you know he talks about his parents uh he thinks about his son and in this really complicated dance all these people sort of like appear before him essentially and then they disappear and it's just the two of them standing there again. And the lighting even in that is really, really clever because it sort of throws your gaze to different parts of the stage. Yeah, I found that absolutely amazing and not something I could ever have understood just from listening to it. Totally. On the flip side, the very final moments of staging, I found a bit much, <laughs> which was the the Eliza, who lives, yes. who dies, who tells your story bit and she's a bit like, the orphanage and uh, (laughs) there's a lot of like um lights I feel like and she's like reaching out to yes 
towards the light as she takes her final breaths and that for me there's something a little bit hammy about about that for me always in things so yes I know what you mean the very final moments of it I felt were a little bit too much almost but I think maybe and this could be very stereotypical of me but I think maybe we're being quite British about this Mm. I think maybe it's meant to be this great big like Hamilton as we've learned from the musical was a man who like lived with his heart in his sleeve theatrically he lived lived theatrically like he really wanted everyone to see so yeah maybe that's why it's like that but um, yeah I agree I did find that like very like last bit where you see like um, Eliza standing at the front like reaching out towards the light I was like "Mm, no don't do that yeah not for me but yeah it's such an amazing ridiculous play and it is so over the top like it's almost silly to make a criticism of the end of Hamilton being a bit over the top because it's like the (laughs) most ridiculously over the top idea of all time. And yet somehow it just works and it's brilliant. And it just has so much personality and, you know, no one else could have written this other than Lin-Manuel Miranda. And that is just so obvious when you watch it, because there are all these references that collide in a way that they just should never be together on a stage. And yet they are. So it also just feels really exciting to be there in the theatre. Every single person there has clearly wanted to see it for so long. Mm. I saw girls like fully just like sobbing on their mothers with just like absolute, like, I can't believe I'm here looks on their faces. I can't believe I just saw it. And that's amazing to see. So, Yeah, that is amazing. And it was also really heartening to like look around the theatre and see so many young people there mm. um, because normally and not that I go to the theatre in the West End a huge amount but like I am pretty accustomed when I do to being the youngest person there Mm. and like I'm nearly 30 Mm. so that doesn't feel right Mm. whereas that was absolutely not the case with Hamilton like there were loads of like as you say like mums with daughters or sons lots of like I saw loads of like multi-generational groups with like grandparents and parents and kids yeah which I think is such a testament to a brilliant piece of art, really, that all those people feel related to it. So, yeah, that was really, really nice. And also good that although tickets are hugely in demand and difficult to get hold of, my memory is they're not extortionately expensive. It's gonna be. You... It's gonna cost you like fifty quid a person to go, basically. Yeah, which which is no more or less than like any other play in the West End. It's expensive in terms of a night out, isn't it? Most people don't mm. don't have fifty quid to spend on m- most of their evenings out at the weekend, but it's a special. It's a really special thing to do, and you know, although as you say, tickets are in demand, you can't buy tickets. You're just not going to be able to go for the next like nine months, but (laughs) tickets are available for you to buy and actually returns and stuff. And like on the day, cheap tickets are are a real thing with this production. I think in a way that that it's not in the U S so you can just Mm. call up first thing in the morning or like go to the theaters first thing in the morning. And one of my friends managed to get tickets only a couple of weeks away from getting some returns online so it's always good to keep checking and stuff Mm. if you do want to go there's also i think a daily lottery that you can enter to like win win tickets Mm. as well so uh, yeah they are trying their best even though it is so in demand to make it make it available to as many people as possible yeah i mean it is this woman i was talking to from chicago she was saying that it's completely sold out in chicago forever and they don't seem from what she was saying to have such a good like returns system or anything 
and she was saying that you know to buy tickets like essentially on the black market costs more than a trip to london to see it and buy mm. a t- buying a ticket legally mm. so we decided we would come to london and see it legally yeah which is kind of amazing yeah that's what she felt she had to amazing. do amazing but yeah go and see it if you can listen to the soundtrack if you can't it's great also george washington's amazing shout out to oh yeah sorry we should we should say that he was fantastic shout out to obioma yugoala uh, who is george washington and my god he was great he was probably the acting highlight for me but also i did love the alexander hamilton who is jamal westman was amazing as alexander hamilton the titular role to quote lady bird um, <laughs> yes yeah and we should really stop because we've been talking about hamilton for a long time and i think this is the point where if we don't stop we just start quoting lines at each other and that's yeah. just so awkward on so many levels that i don't you, think you should you, do that you can all imagine that for yourselves you don't need <laughs> us to actually do that find a friend to do that with by yourself <laughs> um, so yeah we love hamilton thank you very much to everyone who early days recommended that we get into it and uh, yeah hope that you can all see it as soon as possible Thanks for listening to this episode of Seriously, the pop culture podcast from The New Statesman. If you enjoyed the show, why not subscribe to make sure you never miss another episode? We're available in all the usual places you get podcasts, including on Apple Podcasts, where you could leave us a rating and a review if you fancy. It makes us happy and it also helps other people find the show. If you'd like to come and see us in person, check out the events page of our website, seriouslypod.com slash events. Details of our next pop culture quiz and anything else we're doing will appear there. We're available many other places on the internet, including on Twitter, Facebook and Tumblr. We're Seriously Pod on all of them. Follow us to keep up with what we're up to or to chat to other listeners about things you've enjoyed on the show. We love getting your recommendations for things we should feature on the show or hearing your thoughts on what we've already discussed. Get in touch on social media or email us on seriouslypod at gmail.com. And if you feel strongly that more pop culture needs to be taken seriously, spread the word and tell your friends and family about the podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.